Okay, good morning. I bet you're surprised to see me up here. <laughs> so am I. So I thought I'd let you in. We're going to have a puppet show, um, and then we'll dismiss children uh, for the children's worship portion. But I thought before we did that, I'd let you know why I'm up here. Pastor Rob had asked if I would fill in when he was gone on vacation. And I am pretty sure that my initial mind thought was right out of, with Moses and Exodus, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. But my mouth said, I'll think about it. And so um, a couple days of walking around our 14-acre property, putting about six miles in and going through pros and cons and lots of cons and maybe a few pros, I, um, one of the things that he said to me, he said, was that you're a teacher. And I'm going, yes, but those are children, not adults. That's a whole different ball game. Um, and um, the other part when he asked me was this first Sunday of his sermon, Are You Willing? <laughs> that was a pretty heartfelt sermon on his part that he has asked me if I will fill in on one of those Sundays. And so... As I was home, I thought, well, I guess I can do it. But I procrastinated a little bit longer and decided that I'd work on music for praise team for August. And so by the end of that day, I finally turned on my computer, look at uh, Pastor Rob's uh, spreadsheet about um, what's coming up in the next months. And I noticed that there were names filled in on both Sundays that he was going to be gone. The dates were filled, and so I'm like Abraham on top of Mount Moriah. The Lord will provide. And so I pinned off an email to Pastor Rob and said, I see the dates are filled. That is awesome how God has provided. So next year when you go on vacation, if you need somebody to fill in, I can probably do it. But you see that I am here today. Which takes me to another verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So I am fully faithful in believing that God had a plan, that there's something in today's um, talk that he wants you to know about. There's somebody that needed to hear today what is being said, and that the person that was going to speak today, when they do, God has that planned out, that it was supposed to be at that day and that time. So I'm going to go with that as to why I am here today. And then I was thinking that there's a lot of you that know me, and some of you probably didn't even know my name, too. Maybe you saw it on the, the thing going around. You've maybe seen me around. So I thought maybe I should introduce myself. And so my parents were Van and Kathy Vanskoy, and my dad passed away a couple years ago from dementia. But my mom is here. Hi, Mom. <laughs> and now everybody that's related to me is a little bit worried because I've got a PowerPoint and I've got pictures. Uh, but I went to Indian Lake uh, School, is where I graduated from, and I got my undergraduate in elementary education from the Ohio State University. I'm sure there's some Buckeye fans out there. Yeah. 
And then I changed um, locations of teaching from Indian Lake to Ben Logan and went back to Wright State University and got my master's degree and uh, licensed to teach special education and did that for 13 years and went back in the general education classroom and then um, decided to go get my gifted endorsement from the University of Cincinnati. I am married to Dave and there is a picture um, from the sanctuary that used to be over there, the fellowship hall. So if you've never seen that because you've only known it as the fellowship hall, uh, that is where we were married. And a fun trivia fact, uh, we were the last couple to be married in the sanctuary. Um, so just a quick question, uh, since I do teach, thumbs up if you were married in the sanctuary over there. Thumbs up if you were there. And so now I'm really going to go back because at one time the sanctuary was turned around the other way. So is there anybody that was married over there when the sanctuary was the other way? Thumbs up. Is there anybody that way? One. <clears throat> so that means my in-laws are Mike and Shirley McPherson. And we have two boys. Logan is the oldest. You've seen him play bass on some Sunday mornings. He is a graduate of Ohio State University with a computer science degree. And he is a software developer at NetJets in Columbus, Ohio. And he is in a band with some friends called Okra. Our youngest is Daniel. He is, will be a senior this year at Capital University in music education uh, major. And if you ever hear people asking us, well, how'd you do last night? That's because our family races. That's our hobby. And the boys race modifies at Shady Bulls on several Saturday nights. And so if people are asking, that is why. So there's just a little bit about ourselves. So if you haven't ever met me, uh, now you have something you can say when we meet. So into the story of Esther, and I can tell you that I wasn't going to speak unless I felt that I could say something. And this was what God, in those six-mile walk on those two days, um, said is what I should talk about, which in a way goes right along with Pastor Rob's whole sermon titles, Are We Willing? And you notice I've changed the pronoun there to Am I Willing? Because Esther is certainly a story of being willing. If you want to look up Esther in your Bible or on your phone, it is there in between Nehemiah and Job in the Old Testament. Now, if any of the children that do children's worship, if you want to come up forward and sit up closer, you're welcome to do that. If you need to bring an adult with you, you can do that too. Um, we are going to use the puppets to talk, to go through the story of Esther. So you can come on up. I'm even going to scoot this down. So you can see the puppets a little bit better. <clears throat> now, the story of Esther takes place in the Persian Empire uh, from four, somewhere between 473 B.C., and for those of you with a lot of Bible knowledge, and if I knew this, it, it didn't stick, but a book that is the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God. And if you don't believe it, then I challenge you to read through the book of Esther and see if you can find the name of God mentioned in there. 
But I love of how much God is at work, even though he is not mentioned in that book specifically. And I don't know if you're like me, but looking at the Old Testament, well, where is it today? So, circled there on the right-hand side or left, depending on which way you are, and on the right side is the current map of the Middle East. So Susa was in, is in current Iran. So this is the part of the world that this story is taking place with. Now, do you all know what exclamation marks are? Who can tell me what an exclamation mark means? Emphasis. So we're going to need some of your help today. And there's going to be some cards that are going to appear. And you guys need to say what's on the cards really loud with emphasis because there's exclamation marks at the end of these things. So we're going to sort of take you through the whole book of Esther with the puppets. For today's story, we're going to need your help. That's right. We're going to use some audience pronunciation. Don't you mean participation? Well, both. You see, at certain places in this story, we're going to hold up these cards. <laughs> and when we do, you'll say what's on the card. Let's practice. At certain places in the story, we'll be talking about a girl named Esther. When we do, we'll hold up this card. And when we do, we want everyone to cheer and say hooray, just like you did. Good job. Great. And when we're talking about this guy named Haman, he was a bad guy. We'll hold up this card, and we all want you to say... Boo. Boo. Good job. There's also a man in this story named Mordecai. His name rhymes with pour the pie. <laughs> pour the pie? What are you talking about? What on earth is that supposed to mean? I don't know. It just rhymes with Mordecai. Well, so does Florida Sky. Here's his card. Mordecai. Yeah, and for Mordecai, you can also give us two big thumbs up. Let's try it again. Mordecai. Great. This is the card for the king. And whenever we hold up this sign, you'll say, Long live the king. Ready? Long live the king. Well, do you think they're ready for the story? I sure do. Let's get started. Once upon a time, there was this king. Long live the king. Who wasn't too kind to his wife. One night, to teach her a lesson, he kicked her out of the castle. Oh no, I'll be so lonely. I need a new queen. What will I do? So he called in his advisors. They told him to hold a beauty pageant to find a new queen. One of his advisors was a man named Haman. Well, the king liked the idea of a beauty pageant to find a new bride. Who wouldn't? What did you say? Nothing. Never mind. And eventually they came to the town of Susa, where a beautiful Jewish girl lived. Her name was Esther. Hooray! She lived there with her cousin. His name was Mordecai. Mordecai's a 
Now, the men from the king's office were so impressed by the beauty of the Jewish girl, Esther, that they asked her to come with them back to the palace. And the moment the king laid his eyes on her, he knew he wanted to marry her. Hubba hubba. Now, her cousin Mordecai, Refused to bow down and worship that evil man, Haman. So that cruel advisor cooked up a plan. He convinced his boss, the king, to set a date and let anyone who wanted to kill the Jews. He did this because he knew his enemy was a man named Mordecai. He didn't know that the queen herself was Jewish. So when her cousin found out, he sent word to the queen. You remember what her name was. It was Queen Esther. I said it was Queen Esther. You're getting mixed up down there. Her name was Esther. Hooray! And he asked her to go and ask her husband for relief for the Jews. As you remember, her husband was the king. Long live the king! But there was a little problem. Actually, a big problem. See, if you walked into the king's throne room without being invited in, there was some good news and some bad news. The good news was he would help you lose weight. The bad news is it was the weight that is your head that you carry around on your shoulders. But what should she do? He might have her beheaded. But she decided to trust her God and go before the king. Long live the king. She requested that he attend a special party she was planning. And she also invited Haman. At the party, she invited them both to yet another party. Oh, they were so excited. But finally, the queen... You did it again! Queen Esther said, Oh, please save us! There is a cruel man who wants to kill all the Jews! And her husband demanded to know who it was. It's him! She cried. It's the cruel Haman. And when her husband heard that, he was furious. He ordered that the traitor be killed, and he gave his job to someone who deserved it a lot more, the noble and wise Mordecai. Mordecai is a cool guy. And since that time, Jews all over the world have celebrated a party every year. In honor of the beautiful Queen Esther. I said, Esther. <laughs> Esther. Hooray. The, the end. end. <laughs> um, we're done now. Come on, put that thing down. I don't have anything left to say. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Okay, so at this time, if you would like to go to children's worship, you guys can go back. So in the story of Esther, one of the verses that I was really drawn to is Esther 4.14. And it is something that Mordecai says. He says, if you do not speak on behalf of the Jews at this time, help will come from another place. But you and your family will die. But perhaps you are queen for a time like this. And that's the phrase at the end there that stuck out. That perhaps you are a blank for a time like this. Maybe you're a mechanic and God is asking you to do something for a time like this. Or maybe you're a student or a retiree or a construction worker or a cashier at Walmart or a Honda employee. I got thinking of how much God used people, ordinary people all the time, 500 years old, build an ark. Little boy named David battles Goliath. There's a prostitute, he calls, a tax collector, fishermen, tent makers, all of these people that God has called. And the question, two of the things I think that in all of their lives and in our lives, if we're going to say yes and be willing uh, for God calling, are these two statements that came from Chuck Swindoll about the story of Esther. And I think it applies to our life, too, because it didn't make sense that Pastor Rob asked for me to stand up here today uh, to share a message. But God is sovereign, even when life doesn't make sense. And the other part, rest and obey and watch God silently weave all events for his glory and for our good. And I think that's the second part of Esther, that she did trust and she obeyed, and God had it all in control. So I got thinking is how do we respond when God says or when the Holy Spirit whispers or when Jesus commands? What's our response uh, to these callings? And I thought, well, since I am a teacher, and that was one of the things Rob kept saying was a positive, uh, that I do spend a lot of time looking at texts and books and making connections to our lives. So I thought about the people that are in the story of Esther and how their lives and how that response when God. 3.6 is Haman. Haman discovered that Mordecai was a Jew and Haman did not want to hurt only Mordecai. He decided to kill all the Jews in the kingdom of Xerxes. So one of the characters if you don't have a personal relationship with God, if you're not saved, you're right there standing next to Haman. He was against God. He didn't have a response when God called. But the good news is, is that if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, and you've been feeling that, that tug that you need to, you have that opportunity and today, if you need to talk to somebody, uh, there's deacons. The pastor's not here, but the deacons are here. And deacons, would you stand so people can see who you are? So if you felt that call and you haven't done anything, these are people that would gladly talk with you. Um, even if you felt the call that you have been saved but you haven't been baptized, they keep filling the baptistry, and I did look. It's filled again. 
So if you're needing that, these deacons will jump in the baptistry with you. If you feel that you need to be baptized today, that God has laid that on the heart, and maybe you've been saying no, um, and today is maybe that time that you need to before you walk out the doors, because life is unexpected, and you do not know what will happen in the next moments. The other character in the story is back in Esther 1.12. The eunuchs told Queen Vashti what the king had said, but she would not go to him. This made King Xerxes very angry. Sometimes when God calls or Jesus commands to go, we say, no, please send someone else to do it. And in the text, the king wasn't happy, and I'm pretty sure that God isn't very happy when he's been, I, I like to say bugging me, when God bugs me about something, and it keeps, I keep thinking about it over and over, um, that, that sense of not saying no. Um, I'm sure it makes him very unhappy when we say no to him um, on those moments that he's asking us, are you willing? And Esther 8, 8, he says, write another law with the king's authority. Write a law to help the Jews. My signet ring shows that the there can be no change to a law that has the king's authority. And so I like King Xerxes because I see his response. If God says I'm willing, he holds out that scepter. And he didn't make excuses. He didn't tell Queen Esther, well, I'm sorry, I've already written a law that all the Jews are going to be killed. Sorry about your luck. He didn't say that. He said, write another law that will help. And here's, take my ring. It's the king's authority. Nothing that the king says is going to be changed. So I'm wondering when God asks you to do something, when you feel that nudge that you need to call somebody, you need to write a note, you need to bake cookies or brownies for our daily bread, or you need to go help, and he gives you that nudge, are you going to be like King Xerxes and hold out the scepter and not let the things of the world stop us? Because there's a lot of things we can't control. Um, but are you going to get around it? And really no excuse, I can do it. Then, of course, is Mordecai in Esther 4.14. If you do not speak on behalf of the Jews at this time, help will come from another place, but you and your family will die. But perhaps you are a queen for a time like this. Mordecai knew God's word, and he what I'm going to call a prayerful encourager. And I think we all need to be a Mordecai to somebody. And you know God's calling them to do something. You need to encourage that person. Um, we need to be that uh, to others. And we also need a Mordecai in our life uh, that is going to be there for us uh, to encourage extra push. And then, of course, there's Esther. In four behalf of me, they must not eat or drink for three days. My for three days, I will go to the king, even when it's against the law. He has not asked me if I So I look at Esther as just being I wasn't going to die from this experience. And I think a lot of times what God asks you to do, it may feel like you're going to die. Not. 
And I, as I got thinking and reflecting over Esther's response, what a great way uh, ask you to do something is to maybe pray and fast about it for three days. I love that number three. You know, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We got three people here on our side, and Jesus took care of our salvation in three days. I mean, that number three is so powerful that maybe what my response should have been was um, three days of praying and fasting about it and then going and just doing it. That maybe that's the model that we need to follow, is when God asks you to do that thing that you feel is out of your wheelhouse, Maybe that praying and the fasting and talking with Jesus about it, walking close to him, um, and then just doing it. You're going to respond. Because I think from sermons, he feels that we're all being called as a church, as individuals. So what's your response going to be when God says, when the Holy Spirit whispers, or when Jesus commands? Hopefully you don't have Haman's point of view. If you do, there's a lot of people here that would love to talk to you about that because having Haman's point of view is, a, is an eternity of um, death, an eternity of no love, an eternity without Jesus. You still may say no, but then those Mordecai people need to come support and encouragement. Are you going to be like King Xerxes and hold out that scepter right away? And are you going to be like Esther? Am I willing? And I'm going to ask you to say it out loud. And we're going to do it three times, and we're going to emphasize a different word each time. You're going to see it highlighted on the screen. Uh, because sometimes saying it out loud is important. Um, it speaks to our so we're going to say and ask ourselves three times if we're willing. Am I willing? Am I willing? Am I willing? In 1 Peter 4.10, God says, or God's word says, that God has helped each of you in a certain way. You should use that gift from God well so that you can help other people. Think carefully about how you do that. Remember that God has given many and serve him. Has God helped you to speak well? Then speak God's messages to people. Or has God helped you to serve other people? Then let God make you strong to do that. Do everything so that people will praise God. They will say that God is great because of Jesus Christ. He is the one who has all authority and power always. Everyone should praise him. Amen? Amen. This is true. So, are you willing? Perhaps you are blank for a time like this. Perhaps, perhaps you are a bus driver for a time like this, or a fourth grader, or you're a guitarist, or a social worker, or a teacher. You're a mother, a father, a brother, a sister. God is asking you and calling you to do things with your family, in your job, and in your community. 
as being a teacher, I said there are. I found that um, you know I've always looked at my job as being a mission field that you go to every day, and it's always the the children that have been in homes with the cat urine all over everything are the ones that need a lot of help, and you're standing there hoping that you don't throw up because it smells so bad. The kids with lice and bed bugs are the ones that give you hugs 10 times a day. <laughs> and, um, and, and I've had some that have questioned my uh, mission in the line of teaching, uh, that have some home lives that are things that I can't control and deal with, that have yelled, cursed, thrown things, kicked over tables, pulled books off shelves, and then the next year come back to you when they see you in the hallway and give you a hug and tell you you're the best teacher ever. Or I wasn't sure I was going to survive some of those years. So, you know, God has a purpose wherever you're at. And at church, there are, sometimes I think church is the way um, of those baby steps. If you've been feeling called but you're still maybe scared that you will die if you have to do something in the community or at your job, um, I know that I think age has a good part in being able to change some of that fear, um, that I'm a lot more comfortable with my peers going in when things aren't going well or I figured out a schedule that works with all the 50 million schedules of people going in and out in a different time of day. And then I can say, oh, God is so good. He's finally figured out the schedule for me, and that I can just say that freely with the people that I work with. But I think sometimes church is that place where if you've just been coming and sitting every Sunday and, and that's all you've done, you're missing out on what God wants you to do. He's been probably calling you to do some things. These are some of our ministries. Probably have some of the wrong names to them because I've been here for a while and they change names and I can't necessarily always keep them. And I know I've seen this screen. I don't know if you've noticed it. It's still up there today on the announcements. I think we're all sort of guilty because this has been up for months, and they haven't taken it down. So that means we haven't filled any of these callings. And so we're all a little bit guilty here of probably being like Queen Vashti and saying, no, not me, send somebody else, please. But I want to encourage you to think outside the box. I have been uh, labeled that way, that sometimes I think a little bit outside the box. Um, and I've seen this church do some wonderful things. I've seen serve over 100 kids in vacation Bible school, and we built a tabernacle um, out here on the property. So I do think that everything's sort of possible here with God. Um, but sometimes you do have to think outside the box. I just want to challenge you to, to contact Pastor Rob. He's on vacation right now, but fill up his inbox with the things that you're feeling called to do because it's a church, and so you may be filled that, or you may be feeling called that you would love to lead a small group, but you don't want to do it at your house. There might be somebody else that loves to have people over their house every week. And so if we can put the people that love to open their homes up, people that are willing to teach, now we've got some small adult things going on. Perhaps that you love to bake. And man, you would love to bake and serve food when there's new babies and when the youth need it, but maybe you can't drive, or your car doesn't work, or you're, you're, let's find the people that do like to drive. I know in my 
as we're learning to drive, and they got their driver's license. They want to drive everywhere all the time. So putting some people that like to drive all the time with people that don't like to drive all the time, and now we're meeting some needs. I know whoever is in charge of the facilities committee, that one's been bothering me because it says a team member with organization and planning skills. And I'm like, that's me. I am very organized. Plan way I'm almost done. I'm like to March of next year. But I know it's the facilities committee, and that's like the water softener's broke. The furnace isn't working. And I'm going, but that's not me. But I'm like going, I'm married to somebody who can fix all those things. So I'm like, you know, maybe it's not just a one, maybe it's a team effort, because I'm probably the one better to go to meetings and plan, and he's better to do the work. That's how we work well together. So to think about those areas of church ministry, or areas outside that you feel God is calling you to do, um, it may be that somebody else, remember it's his plan for I know the plans I have for you, that it's his plan. And then if you don't share what God's calling to do, we don't know how to work together as a body. So that's my biggest challenge, is that how are you going to respond to those things that God is bothering about? He's saying, please do this. The Holy Spirit is whispering. You feel it. Jesus is commanding. That if we don't share how God is calling us, um, I think we're missing out on that opportunity to see God at work, to watch him do everything for his good um, and for our good as well. Um, so the question that I'll end with, which is the question that Rob's been asking every week, is are you willing? And I want you to think that perhaps you are and you fill in that blank of whatever that is, for a time like this. Would you please pray with me? Thank you, God, that I'm still standing here. Even though it was scary and fearful, because this is not necessarily my comfort zone, I want to ask you to open up the hearts and the minds and the spirit and the strength of everybody that is in this room and everybody that is going to be listening online a week later to empower all of us to be willing to go and do what you've asked us to do, to use the gifts that you have given us to serve others. Thank you for the gift of your salvation that we have in Jesus that we can have a relationship with you. Help us to trust and obey what you are calling us to do, even when it doesn't make sense in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.